A new way to wage war. Hmm. Put on your mask. Take off your mask. Put on your mask. Take off your mask. Make up your mind. And the final nail in the coffin for Duck, Duck, Go. <laughs> no, it is not a good alternative to Google. It's perhaps even worse, and we'll tell you about that coming up. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Happy Saturday night. It's a Saturday night, and I ain't got nobody going to get a copyright strike for this song. Okay. <sighs> Man, I am so. Uh, I was doing something. I was doing some video editing in the last twenty minutes before we went live. I had everything all set, so I knew I was cool. But I totally was not prepared. So <laughs> I I went back downstairs. I came back up into the studio, and then I'm doing other stuff, and I'm racing. I look over, and it's like ten nine fifty nine. Holy crap! So it's like okay, quick, go 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 go. Hit this, hit that. <sighs> okay. Relax, Jay. You got a show to do. So here we go. All right. It's time to get you updated on our favorite furry little friend, and that would be the dear heart, Miko. Yes, the Miko update. She is doing great. She's having a good time. She's enjoying herself. And uh, my significant other new ping pong paddle and Miko. She's uh, she's been great today. She she it rained. Oh man, this afternoon where I stay in my part of the greater KL area, it just I looked at the radar map and there was this giant red black blob sitting right over my area, and it poured. It poured so hard. Miko did not get get to go out for her walk this evening normal time so when we got back from dinner we went out and uh, and did a quick walk but <laughs> there was so much rain anyway she's doing great she's having a good time strangely enough when that storm did roll through we had a lot of very close lightning and with it comes the thunder normally fireworks bug the hell out of her she hates them but Thunder and lightning, she's been okay with. She really doesn't mind it. But this one was close enough. And those thunders were such cracks. You know, when, when lightning hits so close, it's not a big rolling boom anymore. It's like a, a crack. They, they scared me, <laughs> let alone scaring her. But, uh, yeah, they she was not really pleased about that today. But it's over now. And our Miko update is brought to you by the good folks at BarkBox, BarkBox.com slash Miko. It's a monthly subscription service for your dog. You can sign up for one month, six months, 12 months. If you use our link, BarkBox.com slash Miko, you'll get an extra month free when you sign up for a multi-month subscription. Every month you get delivered to your door a box full of themed goodies, two toys, two bags of treats, and a dog chew. They are sized right for your dog. You can specify when you order. They are good for you. They're good for your dog. You can also, if your dog has any allergies, just check the box and they'll make sure you don't get that kind. But you will get an absolutely amazing assortment of treats for your dog delivered right to your door every single month. Check it out with our special link. If you forget it, it's in our show notes down below. BarkBox.com slash Miko. And if you notice, right below that, it says, or 
you can go there at that special link. And instead of a, the free month, you'll get a double box order. Four toys. Yeah, four toys, four bags of treats, and two dog chews. And or you can select the SpongeBob SquarePants Limited Edition Bark Box. <laughs> Check it out. All the links are in our show notes. Dot, uh, show notes, and it's BarkBox.com slash Miko. If you want to check it out, please do that and put an order in. Your doggy will be very happy. All right, we got so much stuff tonight, but before we get to all the usual crap I have listed, I might have put some of this in. I might have not. I'm not sure. Doesn't matter because we're going to talk about it now. Right off the bat with some good news. These are tweets that I bookmarked from the Gateway Pundit. A huge win. You remember we talked about how Discover Card was going to be putting that code in to track your purchases at gun stores? <laughs> now, Visa and MasterCard, and I saw another article just before we went on the air, that included Discovery, have halted. They've stopped their tracking of gun shop purposes, uh, purchases. And we love that news. I am hoping... The pressure was too much, and they decided, okay, this is affecting our customer base because it's idiotic and stupid and illegitimate tracking of you and your purchases. So they have decided to halt their tracking of your purchases. Good idea. Okay, here's one for you from the FAFO moments. This is such a classic. There is, there is, uh, let me see. I'm going to shut this mic. Okay, okay, no, no choice. choice. Check, Check this out. FAFO, which means up around and find out. There's some rather rude language in here. So she's getting all bitchy, throwing crap. And this other woman isn't having any of it. She comes back in for some more. And bam! Pepper spray in the face! Yes! <laughs> and of course then she's screaming and yelling oh my god oh my god well f around and find out <laughs> all right this is kind of long i i really wanted to air the whole thing because it is remarkable in fact you know what it's my show i'm gonna take all the time i need it's worth it this is cash patel who is on uh uh the war room and they have put together this song the january 6th political prisoners which is exactly what they are um every night sing the national anthem and you must check this out it is tear bringing it is heart breaking it is amazing take a look at this video, it's a new song of January 6th political prisoners singing the national anthem while President Trump says the Pledge of Allegiance. There's a little preamble here to it. Let's see if we can get it up. 
This is on the billboards. It's going to break the charts. But here's the most important part, Steve. All net proceeds go to Jan Six Families. This video is going to bring you to tears. And the song is available everywhere. Songs download. This is brilliant. Remember, this, and we got BD on here to talk about Ann Cortez afterwards. Uh, remember, this is a gulag. MTG's taking Comer down. This is a gulag. In, in, the, in the QAnon shaman, you saw what the great Tucker Carlson did with that footage, spent a year in solitary confinement in this gulag. Okay, let's go ahead and play it, Denver. Very powerful. Let's play it. This is amazing. Please uh, do support this cause. Absolutely incredible. That was posted by uh, The Dirty Truth, a.k.a. Real Dirty. Um, Again, it's also on The War Room with Steve uh, Steve Bannon. Absolutely amazing. All right, not to follow that heartbreaking moment up. By the way, that was actually the January 6th political prisoners. They were recorded because they actually sing the national anthem in their cells together every night. Frightening stuff. Here's some good news. I am proud to say I am one of the probably few people who have never watched one second, not one frame of any of these idiotic Kardashian crap shows. Well, guess what? According to page six, Anna Wintour will not be inviting any of the Kardashians 
to the 2023 Met Gala. So, sorry, ladies. You're so yesterday. Bye. They're getting iced out from everywhere. The shows are flopping. Stories are flopping. Uh, I think, yeah, as this post uh, says with the Jules, uh, hat tip to Jules, uh, we have hit the end of the ridiculously stupid Kardashian era, and boy, are we pleased about that. Ah, oh, man. Anyway, yeah, those are just a few of the things I wanted to uh, share with you from my uh, from my bookmarking little foray today. <laughs> Sometimes I go nuts with Twitter. I find stuff, I go, oh, I got to put this on the show. All right, here we go. Our main topic tonight, we're only 13 minutes into the show, and I'm just getting the main topic. Sorry. The U.S. Special Operations, Special Operations Forces are considering, considering using deep fakes for psyops. Not kidding. This is according to allegations in a report. If uh, it could turn into an arms race of a whole new kind, deep fakes as a weapon of war, or at least a propaganda war. The U.S. is now openly speaking about deploying deep fakes. And God knows the Defense Department has got the budget to create some amazing deep fakes, I'm sure. A few years of repeated warnings about the abuse of deep fakes and how seriously they can interfere in elections, uh, produce other reprehensible results to society, putting democracy in danger, as they love to say. The current U.S. authorities are preparing to start using deep fakes as a tool of disseminating disinformation and other propaganda. Who is that? Oh, Malaysia's uh, sharing site for videos. Thank you so much. I saw you did that last week. I really appreciate it. Thanks, you guys over there at, uh, at the uh, site. Be sure you give them a follow, too. Thanks. All right. Anyway, what concerns me is that are they going to be taking these deep fakes and, let's say, sending them out to China and to Russia and our enemies? Or are they going to be trying to use them on us? They don't say. It would seem for now the targets would be other countries, and this type of online propaganda campaigns are slated to be carried out by the U.S. Special Operations Command, SOCOM. That's according to an Intercept report, which cites federal procurement documents that it's been able to review. The contracting documents show that SOCOM wants to go, uh, they're asking for third parties to build solutions that would allow this branch of the security apparatus, known generally as the psych operations, PSYOPs, to develop the deep faking capabilities. Little doubt going about this publicly, even at the risk of making the government sound hypocritical, untrustworthy to any of our foreign partners, given its previous take on this technology. Uh, they've even been working to create tools to fight against deep fakes, and now they're going to make their own deep fakes. Be that as it may, the Intercept reports about the issue extensively, and they note that this direction raises a bunch of serious questions about ethics and how effective any of this would be. Again, they say, they say, it's to use in foreign countries. They say, we'll see. <laughs> 
The whole article is in our show notes. I encourage you to uh, pop over there and read it because it's dang interesting. Mm. All right. Among the other interesting things going on around the planet today, this from the Daily Caller. You know we have an enormous southern border problem. I don't have to tell you about that. You see it all the time. You see how the cartels are overrunning our southern border states. Well, it ain't getting any better. And the Red Cross ain't helping. Check out this story. The Red Cross packets, you know, the packets they hand out, they give you some aid, they give you blankets, some food and water, whatever. Well, they also hand out some packets. And inside these packets are little maps that show migrants where to cross the U.S. border. Not kidding. I've got a picture of it. The Red Cross has guides for U.S.-bound migrants that includes a map to the border, resources along the journey, and a paper on what to do when you encounter dangers along your journey, illegally crossing the border into the U.S., The Daily Caller News Foundation got a hold of these documents. The Red Cross sits on the board of the Federal Emergency Management Agency's Food and Shelter Program, which allocates millions of your tax dollars funding nonprofit groups supporting illegal immigrants released into the U.S. If you use contraceptive methods, don't forget to bring them with you. In necessary cases, some Red Cross clinics and medical brigades We'll give them to you for free. This is one of the documents from the migrant states. And they actually have maps on where safe places are to cross into the U.S. border. Look, here it is. That's a copy of the map that you will get if you are headed to the U.S. as an illegal immigrant. Thanks, Red Cross. Uh, Canon03 over there on Twitch.tv. Hello there. Good to have you along for the ride. So anyway, yeah, this is the actual map. This is the map that you get. It's got marked safe places to cross, dangers you might run into, things you may uh, come across while you're on your illegal journey into the U.S. And this is all handed out for free by the good folks at the Red Cross, courtesy of your tax money. How do you feel about that? Yep. It's going on. There's a whole article here. You can check it out, read it yourself. The link is in our show uh, show notes. In fact, everything we talk about on this show, pretty much, you'll find the link in our show notes. We put them in there so you can read the the full article, make your own decisions. You can hear mine, but you know what you think about it perhaps is the most important of all uh, because that's what really matters and what really counts when it comes right down to it is your opinion, not mine. You want to listen to mine, you're welcome to the show. We're here Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays, 10 p.m. Malaysian time, which I think is now about 9 o'clock on the morning on the east coast of the U.S. Ah, man. Okay, I got to try and get rid of all these ads first. Here we go. Check this story. Oh, man. This is from the New York Post. Talk about the dangers of being online. Look, I've been talking about the dangers of TikTok 
forever on this show. Delete TikTok. Get it off your phones. Get it off your kids' phones. It's dangerous. It's spyware. It has the ability to do all kinds of nasty things you don't even realize because you just check the yes, I agree to the terms and service like everybody does without reading them. If you take the time to read them, you will beat a quick path to the delete button because it's unbelievable when you actually read what TikTok can do. Check this story out. I pretended to be a 14-year-old boy on TikTok, and what I saw terrified me. This is from Asia Grace. Teenage boys on TikTok are flooded with racist, sexual, violent content, even when they don't go looking for it, according to the New York Post. This writer is a woman in her 30s. She created a fake profile pretending to be a 14-year-old boy named Jaden on TikTok and YouTube. She says, my aim wasn't to use Jaden's profile to interact with other people online, but rather just to see what sort of content the algorithm would feed him if he was completely passive. Who is that? Daniel Dan. Welcome in. Hello there. Thanks for the like. Appreciate that. Be sure you subscribe or follow. Uh, anyway, she created this profile um, within seconds of opening TikTok and YouTube as the 14-year-old kid. He, she was bombarded with a dizzying stream of videos of girls lip-syncing and twerking in mini shorts. About a minute after that, things got darker. Mega-influence like stuntman-turned-boxer Logan Paul 27 started popping up. There's a screenshot. Huh. <laughs> Unbelievable. Many uh, making a phony TikTok account for a 14-year-old boy named Jaden took five minutes. Paul stars in videos alongside the Sidemen, a popular British YouTube group known for, for very offensive content. One member faced a backlash for his rape face videos back in 2015. In their Sidemen Tinder in Real Life YouTube series, the men oftenly talk graphically to the women who are invited to into their studio to make a potential love connection. Yeah. Instead of finding Mr. Right, the girls often get pummeled with insults about their physical appearance. The most disturbing video she came across on TikTok featured slow-motion footage of a boy, likely around this fake Jaden's age, in a classroom, standing over a girl, swinging his closed fists towards her face as she recoiled. Jaden was fed another TikTok video stamped with the title Calling My Girlfriend the B-Word for Her Reaction, featuring a young boy repeatedly barking the epithet at his significant other in the hopes of infuriating her just for labs. These are the kind of videos that got fed to this fake 14-year-old boy's account on TikTok and YouTube. Similar videos in heavy rotation. I also heard hate speech about killing orphans, hanging black people, and mocking Asian accents disguised as dark humor to tickle the 14-year-old funny bones as I swiped. Unbelievable. Geraldine O'Neill, thank you. I think that's what it says. Man, it's so tiny. I need to make that bigger. Anyway, thank you for the like. Appreciate it. 
This is unbelievable. Read this whole article. It's from the New York Post. It is insane the kind of things that got offered up to this alleged 14-year-old kid. It was a fake account, and she, the writer created it just to see. She didn't send out any messages saying, hey, I think you're cute, or hey, you want to date me. She just created the account. That was it. And then all of a sudden, the algorithms took over, and all hell broke loose. This You've got to read the details in this article. It's insane. Absolutely insane. All right. More insanity. Take the mask on. Take the mask off. Take the mask on. Put the mask off. New York City. This is from Rumble.com, by the way. It's a post from the Bongino Report. Dan Bongino amazing, amazing podcaster, does videos here on Rumble. And uh, if you've never seen his show, you really need to check him out. Dan Bongino, Bongino, and he also runs what's called the Bongino Report. That's where this video comes from. And it's like, oh man, every day it's a new one. New York City now wants shoppers to remove their masks because of skyrocketing crime. I'm not kidding. kidding. Check, Check this, this out. out. Unintended consequences. You solve one problem and perhaps you create another one. Yes, we have been told to mask up, mask up, mask up. Now the mayor is modifying that a bit. He says drop the masks at least initially when you walk into a business as sort of a peace offering, as in literally I come in peace, I'm not here to rob the place, I'm here to do business legitimately. Uh, police came here on Friday night, the 67-year-old man who died here at this bodega at the corner of 81st and 3rd still has not been identified pending notification of his family. As I mentioned, police responded here late on Friday night after the employee was shot once in the head. Unfortunately, he died at the scene. Turns out the armed robber who police say killed him also stuck up a bodega in the Bronx less than 20 minutes later where a surveillance camera captured him in action wearing a Tyvek suit, and yes, that mask. And that's the problem, the mayor and police say. They are calling on store workers to tell customers to temporarily drop those masks in order to enter as a condition of just getting in. Sure, that may be difficult to enforce, and it may not have prevented the killing on Friday night, but they say the policy will make it easier to identify criminals if they strike. So what's the point? We all look, I've said it on this show a billion times. I don't have to repeat it. Masks are useless. They do not work. There isn't a single scientific study that says masks have any effect whatsoever. But you know what? If it's your little blankie, your little your little blankie, oh, I need to keep it close to me so I feel comfortable. That's fine. You do you. You look like an idiot, but you do you. Anyway, so now the New York uh, whatever says, yeah, okay, take the masks off when you come in the store so we can ID you. <laughs> oh, man. Can it get any more stupid? Well, guess what? The answer is yes. I, again, here we go again, just like with TikTok, I've told you, get away from Google. 
Get as far away from Google as you can. I know it's difficult. It's damn near impossible to get Google out of your life. If you can, do it because of the tracking and all the crap they put up with there. But a lot of people have tried to get away from at least using Google as their main search engine. And a whole bunch of people went over to DuckDuckGo. Turns out, DuckDuckGo ain't much better than Google. And now, it's about to get a whole lot worse. There is another site, like Google, online, that is the absolute worst place for information because of the way it's run. And that is Wikipedia. If you use Wiki, if you say anything that says, well, according to Wikipedia, I instantly know you're an idiot because nothing on Wikipedia can be trusted. Nothing. Check this out. You using DuckDuckGo for your searches? They're now using an AI feature, DuckDuckGo, that uses Wikipedia as a source. Are you kidding me? This article is in our show notes. It's from from Reclaim the Net. DuckDuckGo is joining the growing list of browsers that integrate artificial intelligence in their search engines. The company has introduced Duck Assist, an AI-powered tool that will automatically pull and summarize information in response to certain queries. But where is it getting that information? Wikipedia. Oh, my God. Seriously, the tool is built on models developed by OpenAI. That's the company behind ChatGPT. And DuckDuckGo said the new new tool is privacy-focused, just like all of its products. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right. Uh, DuckAssist will not share personally identifying data with OpenAI, and will not use users' queries to train the AI models. They will, however, go out to the perhaps the most least reputable information site, Wikipedia, and get the information they're offering you, which means the information they're offering you isn't worth crap. All right, we just got a couple more and then we're going to move on to our book. And these are, (laughs) these are lighter side of the news. Gene Mosier, who is a longtime friend of mine, we grew up together in my hometown in Cornwall, Connecticut, went to school together. She was one of the smartest people in the class. In fact, I think she was the smartest person in our class growing up. Absolutely brilliant lady. We love her to death. We don't agree on much politically, but we do agree on what's funny. (laughs) And she posted this today. I didn't actually read the story, but look, I love ranch dressing. If you don't know what ranch dressing is, look it up. Ranch dressing is the most amazing flavor on anything. Salad, potato chips as a dip. Ranch dressing is just to die for. I've often said there is nothing I wouldn't eat 
if you put ranch dressing on it. Well, I was wrong. Ew, you have to be kidding me. (laughs) If you're listening on the podcast, sorry. Ranch dressing flavored ice cream. No, I'm not kidding. It exists. No, thank you. Special edition ice cream, which apparently pairs perfectly with salty snacks, will be sold for a limited time. Hopefully that'll be an extremely limited time, like from midnight to 12.01 a.m., one day only. Hidden Valley Ranch, which makes the most famous version of ranch dressing. (laughs) Unbelievable. If you like to dip your fries in your milkshake or your ice cream, I know there are people that do that. Uh, If you love a dessert that isn't too sweet, well, this might be just for you. Ain't for me. They've teamed up with Hidden Valley to release a limited edition ranch dressing flavored ice cream. Goes on sale for a short time later this month in honor of National Ranch Day. The ice cream boasts the savory flavors of ranch, including buttermilk, herbs, and a touch of sweetness, creating a delicious treat that pairs perfectly with salty snacks. The Midwest and my DNA just activated, Lee uh, Van Leeuwen teased in a post on Instagram Thursday. So yeah, it's happening. There's even a video on cricket ice cream. Okay, so now let me let me correct what I've said in the past. There is nothing I wouldn't eat with ranch dressing on it. Except ice cream. Oh my god, that's gross. That's beyond gross. Oh man. Alright, and one more. We got, you see, we always end with a good news story. And it just so happens tonight, I got two of them. Because this one's amazing. Oh, man, wait till you see this. It's from the Epic Times. And uh, this is is the guy. Check this out. Where is he? There he is. You see the cat? I know, he has an accordion. Who plays the accordion, accordion anymore? Anyway, this cat has been turned into a sheet of music. There, you see the image of the cat, which is there. And indeed, if you look in there, there's bits of notes. Musician turns pet portraits into symphonies to honor the memory of furry friends. A skilled musician is channeling his talent and his lifelong love for animals into a rather unique profession, turning animal portraits into one-of-a-kind symphonies to honor beloved pets. He's a Jerusalem-based musician, animal lover, Noam Oxman. He's 31 years old, grew up in a small village in northern Israel. And he and his wife have rescued three cats, eight-year-old Mama's Boy, O'Malley, six-year-old Fluffy Cushion, Michael, and seven-year-old feline who runs the house, Mazzy. These became the inspiration for one of his first symphonies. Uh, he took a drawing, and then he translates that into here. We go. Here we go. So you see now they've printed the cat's picture on top of these sheets of music, which then turn into notes. 
And when you play it, it's amazing. Take a listen. You see that? You see all these little notes here, and they got all the instruments down the side, from timpani to whatever it might be. That's absolutely amazing. I think there's an, there's his cats. <laughs> I think there's another. Oh yeah, here's another one. Check this one out. Here we go. Wait. Oh no, not another ad. Okay, here's, here's a new one. one. This, this is so cool. How about that? That is absolutely amazing. Uh, apparently, he's got a business doing this. I don't know what it costs. There's probably contact information here inside this article. And uh, you can send your portrait in with your cat. I assume also you could do dogs. And he will turn it into a little mini symphony. How cool is that? <clears throat> Excuse me. Absolutely brilliant. I love that story. The link to the whole story and all the videos is in our show notes tonight. It's one of the bottom links. You check that out there. And uh, you can, uh, <laughs> you too can turn your pet into a symphony. <laughs> Unbelievable. All righty then. Hang on a second. We've just got one more thing to go here. And then we're going to get on with our book, White Fang. Yeah, we read books on this show. We've been telling you about that for quite a while. Uh, but in the meantime, we do want to tell you about the good folks at Brickhouse Nutrition. Brickhouse Nutrition, an absolutely amazing way to get all your fruits and vegetables in one good-for-you spot. It's a healthy, natural drink. It's a powder that you mix in with, with your uh, orange juice, water, green tea, whatever. It's from the good folks at Brickhouse Nutrition, and they have done an amazing job. Folks, fruits and vegetables are the key to healthy living. We all know that. While fruits and vegetables really are, are what a healthy diet is all about, the problem is you have to go buy them. They're hard to prepare. They're hard to cook. They're perishable. They usually go off before you get to eating or even cooking them. How many times have you bought fresh fruits and veggies only to have them go off before you got to eat them? Well, Field of Greens is a science-backed formula of specific, healthy, wholesome fruits and vegetables ground into an amazing tasting powder. They've got a bunch of different great flavors, and you just mix it in with your favorite drink or water, green tea, orange juice, whatever amazing taste using real USDA organic fruits and vegetables. These are not extracts. Comes in several great tasty flavors. You will love it and it is amazingly good for you. Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. Now go to Brickhouse Nutrition because they've got a ton of other products over there. All natural, all good for you. 
But use our special link when you do. It's in our show notes at the top of our show notes, and you will get an amazing offer from The Jay Sheldon Show and Brickhouse Nutrition. But do, while you're there at the site, check out Field of Greens because it's one of my favorite. It is an amazing, amazing product, and it will do right. It will make you feel better. It's healthy. It tastes great. And it's good for you. So what's not to love? (laughs) All right, let's get on with our book here. We've been, man, we've been doing 40 minutes here. So we read books on this show, as you know, and uh, we read a portion of a chapter each episode that we do. And then we get through to the end and we move on to the next book. For the longest time, because it's a long book, we've been reading the 1906 uh, novel from Jack London called White Fang. It is a classic and it's been an amazing adventure, which we will continue right now. White Fang seemed to be summing up strength in all of his qualities, nevertheless suffered from one besetting weakness. He could not stand being laughed at. The laughter of men was a hateful thing. They might laugh among themselves about anything they pleased except himself, and he did not mind. But the moment laughter was turned upon him, he would fly into a most terrible rage. Grave, dignified, somber, a laugh made him frantic to ridiculousness. It so outraged him and upset him that for hours he would behave like a demon. And woe to the dog that at such times ran foul of him. He knew the law too well to take it out of Grey Beaver. Behind Grey Beaver were a club and a godhead, but behind the dogs there was nothing but space, and into that space they flew when White Fang came on the scene, made mad by laughter. Well, in the third year of his life, there came a great famine to the Mackenzie Indians. In the summer, the fish failed. In the winter, the caribou forsook their accustomed track. Moose were scarce. The rabbits almost disappeared. Hunting and praying animals perished. Denied their usual food supply, weakened by hunger. They fell upon and devoured one another. Only the strong survived. White Fang's gods were always hunting animals. The old and the weak of them died of hunger. It was wailing in the village where the women and children went out without in order that what little they had might go into the bellies of the lean and hollow-eyed hunters who trod the forest in the vain pursuit of meat. To such extremities were the gods driven that they ate the soft tan leathers of their moccasins and mittens, while the dogs ate the harnesses off their backs and the very whiplashes. Also the dogs ate one another, and also the gods ate the dogs. The weakest, more worthless, were eaten first. The dogs that still lived looked on and understood. A few of the boldest and wisest forsook the fires of the gods, which had now become a shambles, and fled into the forest, where, in the end, they starved to death or were eaten by wolves. In this time of misery, White Fang, too, stole away into the woods. 
He was better fitted for the life than the other dogs, for he had the training of his cubhood to guide him. Especially adept did he become in stalking small living things. He'd lie concealed for hours, following every movement of a cautious tree squirrel, waiting with a patience as huge as the hunger he suffered from, until the squirrel ventured out upon the ground. And even then, White Fang was not premature. He waited until he was sure of striking, before the squirrel could gain a tree refuge. And then, and not until then, would he flash from his hiding place, a gray projectile, incredibly swift, and never failing its mark. The fleeing squirrel that fled, not fast enough. Successful as he was with squirrels, there was one difficulty that prevented him from living and growing fat on them. There were not enough squirrels. So he was driven to hunt still smaller things. So acute did his hunger become at times, he was not above rooting out wood mice from their burrows in the ground. Nor did he scorn to do battle with a weasel as hungry as himself and many times more ferocious. In the worst pinches of the famine, he stole back to the fire of the gods. But he didn't go into the fires. He lurked in the forest, avoiding discovery and robbing the snares at the rare intervals when game was caught. He even robbed Grey Beaver's snare of a rabbit at a time when Grey Beaver staggered and tottered through the forest, sitting down often to rest, what of weakness, short of, shortage of breath. Well, one day, White Fang encountered a young wolf, gaunt, scrawny, loose-jointed with famine. Had he not been hungry himself, White Fang might have gone with him and eventually found his way into the pack amongst his wild brethren. As it was, he ran the young wolf down and killed him and ate him. Fortune seemed to favor him. Always, when hardest pressed for food, he found something to kill. Again, when he was weak, it was his luck that none of the larger preying animals chanced upon him. Thus, he was strong for the two days eating a lynx had afforded him when the hungry wolf pack ran full tilt upon him. It was a long, cruel chase, but he was better nourished than they, and in the end, he outran them. Not only did he outrun them, but circled widely back on his track, he gathered in one of his exhausted pursuers. After that, he left that part of the country and journeyed over to the valley wherein he'd been born. Here, in the old lair, he encountered Kiche. Up to her old tricks, she too had fled the inhospitable fires of the gods and gone back to her old refuge to give birth to her young. Of this litter, but one remained alive when White Fang came upon the scene, and this one was not destined to live long. Young life had little chance in such a famine. We will continue on with that adventure. White Fang's mom and his half-brother and where that's going to go <laughs> in our next 
show coming up Monday night, 10 o'clock Malaysian time. All right. Cool. We love this book, White Fang. So cool. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. Please do follow. If you're watching on Rumble, most important of all, please, there's a brand new follow button right over there. If it says unfollow, that means you've already followed the show. If it says follow, give it a click. It's free. doesn't cost you a dime. Uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch.tv, we're on all four channels. So be sure and like and subscribe. I will see you again Monday night. This is the Jay Sheldon Show. Good night. Snort. <laughs>